The following program has been paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church. From the heart of the Pacific, in Honolulu, Hawaii. Church presents the Kingdom of God Crusade. Join us now for another hour of worship with Pastor Han, the church choir, and the band. We hope and pray that you'll find this next hour of blessing. Good morning, everyone. I'm Hit Pastor Billy Hahn Jr. and I would like to thank you for joining us today. We welcome you to the Kingdom of God Crusade telecast, being brought to you every Sunday morning, not only here in Hawaii from 8 to 9 a.m., but also in parts of California from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV, Channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSE, Channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KB TV Channel 8 and Comcast Channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU TV Channel 28 in Eureka. From 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME Channel 20 in Los Angeles and San Bernardino. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR TV Channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY, Channel 9 in El Centro, California, and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR, Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO, Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW, Channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, parts of Nevada and Wyoming. And from 11 to 12 midnight on station KGBY-TV, Channel 20 in Grand Junction, Colorado. As well as from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like more information on our church and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, be sure to visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. The Apostolic Faith Church, located at 1043 Middle Street, is the headquarters of the gospel of the kingdom of God for the whole world with the sign of the roof of the temple, Jesus coming soon. A landmark in Kali for 97 years, and our prayer tower, the first of its kind in Hawaii, dedicated exclusively for prayer. The church was founded by the late Charles and Ada B. Lockbaum on August the 4th, 1923, and passed on to our late T. Pastor William M. Hahn Sr. in 1959, who continue the gospel to its fullness. We hope and pray that this telecast will draw you closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and be a real blessing to you, our television audience, saints wherever you are in the shut-ins, that is, those of you in the hospitals and convalescent homes. And should you need prayer or someone to pray over you, please don't hesitate to call the phone number designated at the conclusion of the telecast. We start off today's program with an uplifting and joyful selection by our church choir under the energetic direction of Emilia Hahn. The song, Oh My My, with I'll Fly Away, describes what every saint and child of God holds in their heart with great anticipation. 
the day when we soar up towards heaven to be with our Creator, the Lord Jesus Christ. With all the sinful corruptions happening around the world, we know that day is coming and sooner than we think. We invite you to sing along with our church using the words provided for you on your television screen. Our choir will be accompanied by Edith Matsuki on the piano and Iris Locke on the organ.
Updates will be our church band under my direction to play that spirited and moving number, Spiritual and Jubilo. Thank you. 
call upon our soloist for today, Christy Han, with an inspiring song of prayer entitled, Have You Prayed It Through? The words for this song serves as a reminder to all to pray unceasingly to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ till He responds with His answer to you. Don't give up. It is only victory as we wait patiently upon our Lord. Accompanying Christy will be just the Associate Pass, Evan Sproat Sr., Mason Asano, Sr. on the guitars, Associate Pass, Marvin Abing on the bass, and Iris Lock on the drums, and yours truly on the piano. all night till the break of day and the morning light drove the dark away did you linger there till the morning dew in prevailing prayer did you pray it through did you pray till the answer came did you plead in the Savior Answer came. Did you pray it through till the answer came? There's a promise true for your faith to claim. At the place of prayer, Jesus waits for you. Did you meet him there? Did you pray it through? Did you pray till the answer came? Savior's name. Have you prayed all night till the morning light? Did you pray till the answer came? As the master prayed in the garden long, let your prayer be made to the Father's throne. If you seek his will, will answer you. Are you trusting still? Have you prayed it through? Did you pray till the answer came? Did you plead in the Savior's name? Have you prayed all night till the morning light? Did you pray till the answer came? pray till the answer came? Did you plead in the Savior's name? Have you prayed all night till the morning light? Did you pray till the answer came? Our church choir delights us with a lively rendition of the song Promises. As we trust in our Savior, He makes all things possible, for He never lies. We will stand on His promises till our mission is complete and God's Word fulfilled. And then on that special morning of reunion with all those who have gone before us, we will rejoice in Jesus' mighty name.
I present the string section of our church band to play an old-time favorite, Pass Me Not. This song is a cry to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ from troubled souls to be included in his call to come unto him. It's a humble plea from spiritual, physical, mental, and emotional injured individuals who ask his mercy to pass them not.
We call upon the vocal group Saints in Harmony to sing that victorious and spiritual rendition of the song, Victory in Jesus. It tells of an old story, how a Savior came in glory, how he gave his life on Calvary to save a wretch like me. Christian will accompany them on the piano. This sweet and beautiful number is dedicated to a very faithful brother in Christ, Mr. Ryan Okahashi. Ryan is an active member of the church, singing in the church choir, the vocal group, the Saints in Harmony. We pray the Lord will continue to bless you and your family in this life and that to come. Have an awesome Sunday.
And praise the Lord, everyone. I'm Associate Pastor Melvin Honda, and I'd like to repeat our television time, stations, and locations in the continental United States for our viewing audience, especially if any of you plan to visit or reside in California, that these telecasts can now be viewed every Sunday morning from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSE channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV channel 8 and Comcast channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV channel 28 in Eureka. From 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY Channel 9 in Central California and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW Channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming. From 11 to 12 midnight, on station KGBY-TV Channel 20 in Grand Junction, Colorado, from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like to know more about our gospel work and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, please visit our website on JesusComingSoon.org. And now concerning a schedule of gospel services here in our home state, Hawaii, services are held at the temple every Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. On Sunday, gospel services start at 10 a.m. and divine healing services start at 7 p.m. Sunday school for all ages begin at 9 a.m. And prayer services are held daily in the prayer tower at 2 p.m. except on Fridays at 10 a.m. At our Kamiki Branch Church located at 1361 Palolo Avenue, gospel services are held on Sundays and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. The same schedule is observed by neighbor island branch churches and services are also conducted by Pastor Reginald V. Castaneri Sr. in Kanakakai, Molokai, by Pastor Kenneth M. L. Verio in Lahaina, Maui, by Pastor Walter I. Tinlo in Hilo, Hawaii, by Pastor Leonard K. Y. Asano Sr. in Koloa, Kauai, by Pastor Hannibal Espera in Balogo, Pikawayan, and by Pastor Vesper Espera in President Rojas, Cotabato, Mindanao, Philippines. You are welcome to attend these services regardless of church affiliations. There are no collections. However, if you desire to voluntarily contribute to support these telecasts and the Lord's work, you may do so by sending your donations to the address designated at the conclusion of the telecast. And now I'd like to return our program back to Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., who will bring forth his Spirit-directed and Spirit-inspired sermon. Pastor Billy? Thank you, Melvin. I pray your sharing in our TV gospel service will enable you to flee the devil 
and that it will be an opportunity for you to renew your Christian dedication and commitment to our Lord Jesus. We need to pray much for the body of Christ. The time is short and God's people must be fully prepared and ready when Jesus comes for his bride, the body of Christ. Therefore, it is imperative for us to spread and propagate the gospel through sermons such as the one I am presenting today, entitled, Whatever Happened to Sin? The first thing that comes to your mind as viewers might be, shouldn't it be, whatever happened to righteousness? My title infers that something has changed. Well, rest assured, Jesus has not changed. As you read in Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. However, through the eyes of mankind, God's righteousness has become an offense to them. An attempt to change God's word invites an irreversible punishment and mystery by God himself. Therefore, the wisdom of men has sought to soften the impact of man when he chooses to rationalize and reason his differences with God. The sinner desires to live pleasurably and has a need to feel a degree of gratification, even though it will involve participation in this iniquitous world. Therefore, to lessen the weight of conviction, he is convinced that God's grace is abundant and the path described as a straight and narrow consists of guidelines and not commandments. They could not be more misguided. Have you ever asked yourself, what is the basis of our spiritual discernment? The Apostle Paul emphasizes in 2 Timothy 3.13, but evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. The source of deceit and confusion is the devil himself. Believers must resist the temptation to leave the truth. More than ever before, Christians are advised strongly to cleave to the basic truths and foundation of the scriptures. To depart from these truths in these days, the last days will be very detrimental to one's salvation. Today, human philosophy is too often being substituted for the word of God and the preaching of the gospel. Listen to Colossians 2, 8 to 10. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the judicial men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him which is the head of all principality and power. The wisdom of men attempts to solve the problems of humanity, restrained only by his simple conscience, resulting in leniency toward moral and spiritual values. Read in Isaiah 66, 3-4, He that killeth an ox is as if he slew a man. He that sacrificeth a lamb as if he cut off the dog's neck. He that offered swine's blood. He that burneth incense as if he blessed an idol. Yea, they have chosen their own ways, and their soul delighteth in their abominations. I also will choose their delusions and will bring their fears upon them, because when I called, none did answer. When I spake, they did not hear. But they did evil before mine eyes and chose that in which I delighted not. Sin is increasing at an alarming rate everywhere, and the majority of mankind has lost its fervency for righteousness and true holiness. What is apparent is a change in laws to accept ungodly practices. In Isaiah, the Lord stated that he will choose delusions as their punishment. In other words, if they desire the evil way, he will give it to them. Listen as you read Romans 1.28. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. The unfortunate fact of the matter is that the effort to compromise the word of God is strong and influential, so much so that it is found thriving in all walks of life. As governments prepare laws to accommodate a people's lasciviousness, convictions of the heart become a thing of the past. Let us read Romans 7, 13. What then that which is good made death unto me? God forbid. But sin, that it might appear sin, working death in me by that which is good, that sin by the commandment might come, become exceedingly sinful. 
Our sinful nature is underscored by the law or God's word. Until we heard the word, we thought everything was right. In our own eyes, there was very little evidence of spiritual failure. However, when we heard the word of God, sin, which is disobedience against the known will of God, came to light. It is through the hearing of the word that sin is now viewed as exceedingly sinful and should be handled as such. The law revealed God's standard, but it never made attaining righteousness impossible. Paul pointed out to his listeners that the law was good and that without the law, there would be no knowledge of sin. Accordingly, we would not know that we were sinners. Bearing the scriptures in mind, we live to be part of the soon coming rapture. Our lives require faith to obey God's commandments such that we will be ready when Jesus returns for his own. Anticipating the blessed hope of the church referred to by Paul in Titus 2.13, looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ is paramount amongst those that believe. The glorious appearing is the initial return of Jesus in clouds of glory. When he returns, he will rapture his saints both dead and alive. In order to be eligible and be part of this significant event, one must be prepared. The most important question in this life is, what must I do to be saved? Nicodemus in the third chapter of John did not approach the matter of salvation in a straightforward manner, whereas the Philippian jailer did in Acts chapter 16, as well as the Ethiopian eunuch in Acts chapter 8. However, they all received the same instructions. You must be born again. Under the cover of night and through the streets of Jerusalem, Nicodemus saw Jesus. The miracles he had been witness to and heard of while Jesus toured Jerusalem impassioned him to inquire all the more. Within himself, he accepted the authenticity of the miracles and that Jesus was certainly a man of God. Let us turn to read John 3, 1 to 4. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time to his mother's womb and be born? Jesus' response to Nicodemus got straight to the heart of the matter and made him aware of what must be done to obtain salvation. However, the statement given by Jesus was not readily absorbed by Nicodemus. The possibility of one returning to the womb, one's mother was observed. Being a scholar, the message of salvation would not be received unless it was accompanied with an explanation. Let us continue reading in John 3, 5. Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And in the sixth and seventh verse, it reads, That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto thee, ye must be born again. The natural man is incapable of seeing and is unable to enter into the kingdom of God. However, gifted, moral, refined he may be, the natural man is absolutely barred from God's presence unless he is born again. The message, in order to find Jesus' conformity to the word of God is required. Believing is synonymous with faith. Thus, one must believe and receive what God has revealed. Therefore, being baptized by immersion and being filled with the Holy Ghost, as evidenced by the speaking in tongues, is necessary for salvation. We find Peter empowered by the Holy Ghost in the days following Pentecost. His bonus and confidence in the Lord is very apparent. Listen to Acts 2, 36-37. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God had made that same Jesus, whom he hath crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now, when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart 
and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them in Acts 2.38, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and he shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And this should be the question in everyone's heart. What must I do to be saved? The answer is simple as you read in Acts 3.19. Repent, ye therefore, and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. The unmerited grace of God that has been shown toward mankind, which brings salvation and eternal life, has been made available to all men. We cannot earn or buy His grace. It has been freely given to us as a gift from God. Therefore, when the Lord, intellectual, racial, and cultural discrimination are non-existent, we're all found in want when the Lord's judgment scales are set. And God will love and accept all those who come to repentance. Repentance simply means godly sorrow for sin. For anyone can be saved. One must acknowledge oneself as a sinner. Being truly sorry for one's sins starts a journey to eternal life. Let us read Acts 4.12. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. The overview of the born-again message is that the water baptism performed in the name of Jesus, accompanied with the speaking in tongues, another is born of the Spirit, is very essential to complete salvation. There is no other way. I refer to Mark 16, 16. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. God reminds us daily, if you love me, keep my commandments. There's nothing superficial or deceptive about this born-again message. Don't let this opportunity to be saved pass you by. Today is the day of salvation, if you will hear His voice. Let us now turn to Revelation 3.11. It reads, Behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. Did it ever occur to you, TV viewers, how we can all observe a given situation or read the same literature, but all respond with different interpretations of what we saw or read? One of Satan's favorite tools to battle righteousness is deceit. It is his most successful weapon and the most subtle slowly over time. The heart of mankind is seduced and drawn away by the things of the world. Let us read in 2 Corinthians 4, 1-2. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry as we have received mercy, we faint not, but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, committing ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. One's life could be rapidly spiraling downward under the delusion that in spite of one's sin, one is still pleasing God. We should not give up our love for the Lord, and we should not lose our spiritual zeal for righteousness. For example, theology would have you believe that God is in three persons, but the scriptures clearly inform us otherwise. The very effort to question the sovereignty of God is contemptible. Let us read in James 2.19. Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. God was manifested in the flesh in the person of Jesus Christ. We at the Apostolic Faith Church believe in the Father and in the Son and in the Holy Ghost, but we believe these three manifestations point to one person, Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Listen to 1 John 5, 7. For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. Did not Jesus say, I and my Father are one? It is man's wisdom which has divided the soul deity where the epitome of oneness should exist. 
The Christian realm remains divided over the deity of Jesus Christ. Satan also whom he has to answer to. It is the Lord Jesus Christ. It's unfortunate that mankind does not. As time and distance shortens before his return, true believers will emerge defending one Lord and one baptism. In Paul's epistle to the Colossians, he writes in chapter 1, 13 to 15, who had delivered us from the power of darkness and had translated us into the kingdom of his dear son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. The oneness of God is further confirmed in Hebrews 1.3, who being in the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. It is Jesus who sits in the place of supreme authority. The very basis of salvation, which is the sole purpose of the church, is found only in Jesus. Did not Jesus say in John 14.6, I am the way, the truth, and the life? No man cometh unto the Father but by me. He meant that no man could approach the Father except it be through him. Until one acknowledges Jesus, one has yet to find salvation. Another deceptive tact the devil uses on you television viewers is to encourage you to enjoy your hard-earned money and take advantage of the pleasures of life because it is short. He cunningly says, God will understand it's not as if you are going to die. Read in 1 John 2, 15-17, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world and the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. True born believers who love the Lord and have a fervency for righteousness will not entangle themselves once again with the desires of the world. Looking beyond what is temporary and perishable, we pursue what is heavenly and eternal. Adam and Eve, whom the devil successfully tempted, are an example of believers letting down their defenses. The devil created circumstances that were enticing, intended to create unbelief, doubt, and confusion. That which was presented to Adam and Eve were pleasing to the eyes, satisfying to the taste, and gratifying to one's pride. It is at this point mankind begins to question the existence of his creator, the instructions given for godly living, and the improbability of severe consequences. These desires, which are referred to as the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life are desires that arise out of the sinful nature. Adam and Eve, who were beguiled by the devil, brought about spiritual death to all mankind. Expulsion from the Garden of Eden followed and culminated in physical death. Paul summarizes the condition, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. Follow along as I read Genesis 3, 1 to 3. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the fields which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, had God said, Ye should not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. But the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God had said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall he touch it, lest he die. In the beginning, God created man in his own image, that is, his holiness. God placed him in an environment where everything was provided for. In addition, God made of a nature subject to mankind. However, he did have one restriction. We read in Genesis 2, 16, 17. And the Lord commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Obedience was the key to success here. It is obvious that human failure has brought about the fate of mankind that he has no control over because when our lives are over, only judgment remains. 
However, beware, because the devil would like to have you to believe otherwise. Again in Genesis 3, 4 to 5, And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be open, and shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. We see Satan in his pride had challenged God. Verses 6-7, And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took up the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her. And he did eat. And the eyes of them both were open, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together, and made themselves aprons. Having sinned, Adam and Eve tried to conceal themselves from God. Their fig leaves were like their beautiful clothes and jewels and possessions, or like the good works with which people tried to cover up the evil in their hearts and lives. God looks at what we are, not what we seem to be. Existing in every temptation is the issue of right versus wrong. In the battle against evil, it is imperative to remember that we are not fighting against flesh and blood, but actually evil desires of a sinful nature. Adam's transgression opened the door of the world to sin, and the devil took full advantage of the opportunity. With no holds barred, Satan has aggressively and disdainfully proceeded to entice the hearts of believers and unbelievers into a world that is doomed for ultimate destruction. Deceptive as they may be, staunch believers will not give up their birthright, no matter how alluring the temptation may be. Listen to Ephesians 6:13. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that it may be able to withstand the evil day, and having done all, to stand. We cannot afford to be complacent, lax, or slothful in prayer and reading His Word, nor should we deflate our spiritual zeal. Spiritual armor is required to fight in spiritual battle. James tells us, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. Indeed, overcoming a test brings about a crown of life. In James 1.13, it reads, God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempted he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Yes, television viewers, you will find it most difficult to escape the grip of your lust. Sin awaits you. And when sin is finished, death is inevitable. If you would like to know more about God's Word, the church, and review these telecast presentations in its entirety, please visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. Until our next telecast, this is your host, Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., expressing my sincerest appreciation to each of you who have allowed us to come to your homes. May the good Lord bless and keep you all in the hall of His hands. To conclude our program, we call upon our church band to play a song of glorious victory when we turn to Jesus and He took my sins away.
The preceding program was paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church.